Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. That was Greeny. Oh, so we- he's changing his tune. Wait, hold on, man. That's what happened when you see the draft. I thought several days ago, Greeny said that Mac Jones was a lock. He wasn't going nowhere. I think he did say that at one point. Okay, now I heard Greeny say something different. Hedging his bets, right? I'm just, I'm just confused as to a week ago, Mac Jones is a can't-miss prospect. They moved up to I, get him. I think what you, what you heard Greeny say previously was that Mac Jones was going to be the biggest riser in this draft. But he has said all along that Trey Lance will be the third pick. Okay. I just, you know, sometimes I... Both can be right. No, both cannot be right. But okay. So well, well, Mac Jones rose from 15 in, in Mel's mock draft before the trade. And now Mike Tannenbaum says he's not going outside the top 10. So that's being the biggest riser in, in Mel, this draft. And, and still Trey Lance could go third. In Mike Tannenbaum's picking of players is not in this draft. So... <laughs> We can move on from that. You know, a, lot, a, lot to be, a lot to be said about why Mac Jones rolls so much is, I believe, because he played in the Senior Bowl. Like, when you look at some of the people that rise in, in, in the latest drafts, it's because they're able to sit there, be evaluated while nobody else is playing. Yeah. They're able to be around and woo all the coaches. They seem smart. They seem personable. And they're putting on their best stick for, the first, for, the, for that whole week. You know, so it's no surprise to me that he, he was going to rise. But I think you attribute a lot of that to the Senior Bowl. So the draft is a week from tonight. We've obviously had the draft for decades in New York City. It was a big hit in Chicago. It was a big hit in Philly. It was a big hit in Nashville. It was a big hit in Goodell's basement last year when 15 million people tuned in. And it'll be back in Cleveland a week from tonight, ESPN Television, ESPN Radio. Bart will be part of the coverage here on ESPN Radio with Kevin Agandi, L. Duncan, and the aforementioned Mike Tannenbaum. So we will see what happens. All those questions about Lance and Fields and Mac Jones will be answered coming up in a week from tonight we're asking this morning on uh the goodyear hotline we want you to call up get yourself on the goodyear hotline answer this question um we'll get back to the football conversation in just a little bit but when it comes to football the european super league you might have heard about this it's over already it was going to be a gigantic thing biggest thing in the soccer world lasted two days so we're asking you this morning what other short-lived things can you remember in sports? Just to give you a couple examples, we mentioned Bill Belichick's one-day stay as head coach of the New York Jets, Magic Johnson's 16-game stint with the Los Angeles Lakers. What else are we missing? What else barely made a ripple because it was over almost before it began? 888-ESPN, 888-729-3776. We can also talk draft with you in the NFL, whatever you want. Hit us up, 888-ESPN. Ken in Utah, start us off this morning. What do you have? Oh, hey, man, what's going on? How are you guys? Hey, I love the show. Listen to you guys every morning on the way to work. I just appreciate what you guys are doing. Appreciate you, man. Thank you. Cool. Um, so I guess to answer your first question, it seems like it was just a blink when Ditka was coaching the Saints. Remember, that Like that came and went so fast, but it's a, it's like a, a barely a memory for me. The That's Ricky a good Williams one, right? draft. Yes, trade it all for Ricky. For right? Ricky Williams. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, but then another reason I called too is because so I'm a big Bears fan, and I just want to make it like simple, simple as hell for all the brass, the Bears leadership. Right? I don't care about the quarterbacks. I don't care about wins and losses next year. Let me make it real easy. Cut a check to Lewis Riddick. Hire him to be the GM. Let's build a good foundation. Just listening to him talk, man, it gets me fired up. Like, let's make that decision. Let's move on. Let's do it. Well, I think the time will come, especially if the Bears don't do well this year. They'll be looking at Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy 
going in another direction, and Louis Riddick will have another opportunity uh, to interview and figure out whether or not the Chicago Bears are the right place for him and them. You know, so I'm sure when his name pops up, when that opening is there, he'll be on the list. Just a reminder, the actor Jerry Ferraro, you might remember him from Entourage. He's on the way about six minutes from now. He's a What was huge... his character name? What's that? What was his character name? I didn't watch Entourage. I'm going to be totally honest. Turtle, with right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just, I just wanted to get it out. Six minutes from now, he's lost a, huge, a lot of weight too, man. Huge Knicks fan. They won eight in a row. Big win last night over the Atlanta Everybody's Hawks. a Knicks fan when you win some games. Oh, come on, Laker boy, <laughs> you just so hyped. I was up. a Laker fan when we was down for six years. That ain't nothing new. But Knicks, Knicks fans are loyal too. They not. They not. I'm they not, not saying, I'm not saying New York Knicks fans are not loyal. I'm just saying that everybody all of a sudden are Knicks fans. It is amazing living in this city now that the Knicks scraping in and maybe getting first-round home court advantage is a bigger deal than the Nets winning the NBA championship. It, it because just it's a lot more believable. It's a lot more unbelievable. Just imagine, like, they weren't even picked to win, like, over 20 games. Like, they, they have been a mess. They haven't been cool, right, according to KD and Kyrie. And finally, they just look respectable. Like, they don't look like a, a, a mess. Speaking of respectable, what didn't last long in the world of sports? Short tenure, blink of an eye, it's over. We're asking you about it this morning. Brandon in South, uh, Brandon in Southern California, Keys ah. Neck of the Woods. What do you got? You have early for you, Key. Hey, what's up, guys? What's happening? Where you at, man? You in Southern California. Hey, what part? No, I, I told them Riverside, Southern California, Riverside yeah. out here. Yeah, I, f- I figured, okay, because you would have said L.A. if it was L.A., so you down, you down off the 91, yeah. got it. Hey, what about the uh, AAF Football League? Do we have like <laughs> four, four weeks? Yeah. The Alliance of American Football. Yeah, that came and gone yeah, quick. Good one. It's a good one. How about Steven in Dallas? Hey, guys, how's it going? Love your show. Uh, I'm a Philly fan by nature, born and raised, so I'm going to say Frank Gore's tenure with the Philadelphia Eagles for all of about a couple hours. <laughs> Is that right? I don't remember I don't that. even remember. I don't, no, I don't remember, remember that. that. What, do you remember that, Zubin? That's pretty short. That's pretty short. Maybe he agreed and then backed out or something. Okay. Speaking of Dallas, Austin is in Dallas. What do you have? What's up, guys? Uh, so I had more of a draft question. Um, first, I just want to say, uh, Key, it's great to have you back. Really sorry for your loss, buddy. Appreciate it. Thank um, you, man. Um, so I'm a big Dolphins fan, and um, I know that they have two first-round picks. And uh, assuming that they stay where they are, where do you guys think that they should go and will go? Um, do you think that it's possible that they go uh, Najee Harris with the 18th pick? And with the sixth pick, do you think that they should go Jamar Chase, or do you think that they should maybe go O-line? Thanks, guys. Well, for me, I, I think that I like, I like Travis Etienne a lot better. I think he's a home run hitter. He's a one-cut guy. He reminds me a lot of Alvin Kamara. Um, they have to do – it's weird because they got Devontae Parker. They went out and got Will Fuller. So you're saying, do I want to protect Tua? You know, if, if that's the case, you may be able to get a chance to get a guy like Slater, somebody who's going to drop in the first round. So I go offensive lineman, which is never the sexy pick, but then I go with that home run hitter. I think you think about in recent years the impact of running backs, especially a guy like, you know, uh, J.K. Dobbins last year, Charles Edwards Alaire. I go that way. When you think about the sixth pick, if Chase is there or Pitts for whatever reason is there, I think you take either one of those two. 
uh, although you do have Will Fuller and you do have Parker, receivers are three deep in this National Football League. You got to go three deep across the board. And then on the back end at the bottom half of the first round, maybe you grab a Najee Harris because it it will bolster your running back room and make things a little bit more difficult. Travis Etienne is a – Good back to me. I like the the ability to have a guy like Najee Harris detached from the formation. Linebackers and safeties have to go out and make a decision on how they want to cover him. Uh, you could do all sorts of things with him. He's an in between the tackling. I mean, in between the tackle type runner. He's patient. He may not have the four three home run speed, but very few running backs in this league at his style have that. So I think that's good. And you got Tua who you know is going to be your future at quarterback, why not surround him with as many playmakers as possible? Indeed. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance at Progressive. They're making things even easier. They'll help you bundle your home and car insurance together so you can save on both. Learn more at Progressive.com or 1-800-PROGRESSIVE as we talk about Progressively, a team that amazingly, out of nowhere, keeps getting better and better and better and better. You know, the interesting thing about being a Knicks fan that I always garner when talking to Knicks fans is that as bad as they have been, Knicks fans are never afraid to tell you they're Knicks fans, right? With other teams, it's sort of like, yeah, I'm a Lions fan or yeah, I'm a Bengals fan. It's never easy to admit that. But as bad as the Knicks have been, Knicks fans are loud and proud, always have been. And one of the biggest Knicks fans in the sports slash entertainment world is Jerry Ferrari. He joins us this morning. You might have seen him on Entourage. You might have seen him on Power acting but this is reality his Knicks are great they're 33 and 27 they're currently sitting believe it or not at this very second they are mere percentage points ahead of the Celtics they're in the three spot right now in their division that's their three spot in the division four spot in the conference they've won eight in a row and he joins us this morning on Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin bottom line um, what has it been like to be a Nick fan this year? Just because so much of this to me was just so unexpected. Well, I literally, those words you just said, I, I don't even feel like I'm awake yet. I feel like I'm still in a dream. I, I'm going to wake up and say, I had the craziest dream. I called in the, to a radio show and they told me the Knicks were the four seed. Um, you know, I, I think that coming off obviously last year, Knicks didn't get into the bubble. So the Knicks stopped playing in March and, I think a hunger definitely built for this young team to play. Obviously, hiring Coach did certainly help change the culture a little bit, but it's and it's coming from everybody. But obviously, you got to look at Julius Randle. Like, talk about a player taking a leap from yeah, very good player to All Star, potentially All NBA this year. Although it's a loaded position to make the All NBA uh, team, it's just it hasn't happened literally since 2014. I had seven conversations with different people about last night's Knicks-Hawks game. I don't know when the last time I could say that I was talking about that game on a, on a, on a Wednesday night with like seven different people. So it's amazing. Have you started believing in the team yet? Or are you still waiting for that heartbreak? Uh, well, I think all Knicks fans in the back of their mind, or maybe I'm just speaking for myself and the friends I have who are Knicks fans, but like, yeah, you kind of do say, oh man, what's coming here? Cause it's just too good to be true. But that being said, I feel like we've already passed that point where, oh, okay, we're a 500 team by the All-Star break. Coming out of the All-Star break, we had a really tough schedule, so I yeah. thought that's where it would be. And there was a little slippage, but then 
we go on this eight-game run beating good teams. Like, that Hawks team last night is scary. I actually would not want to play them in the playoffs if I was any East Coast team. It was, I, I was sad that Trey Young got hurt because he was, he was actually, absolutely annihilating <laughs> no, you us. No, but, no, no, you weren't. You, uh, listen, when Trey Young went down, I was like, yes, they got a shot. <laughs> I, you know, I, I just hate all the injuries. I mean, we saw Noel got elbowed in the face. Taj was, was busted up. But, um, you know, I, I don't want to say that this year is like a success no matter what happens. But uh, I'm definitely – now I'm wanting more. And that's a little dangerous for Nick fans. Now I want more. I want to be the four seed. And I, I, at the beginning of the year, I would have been happy to be, uh, you know, in the, in the, the play-in tournament. So I got to be careful. It has to be. It has to be great for you to, to know that the organization isn't perceived by the rest of the league as a joke now. But with that being said, you know that superstar has eluded you guys. Do you think that now that the Knicks show that they're a well-run organization, that maybe a star will come over? And I know Zion was real giddy, but that's five years from now. I'm talking about a guy like Bradley Bill, potentially maybe Devin Booker with the K- Kentucky uh, connection. Are you excited that you guys may get a star now? Uh, definitely excited because I always look at it and, you know, obviously I'm, I'm not an athlete, but you know, of course you look at a team that's young and winning and well coached and that's attractive. And I think in years past, that's just something that the Knicks weren't. Uh, so I think it definitely will help, but I also, I don't want to give away the, I don't know. It scares me to give away every single young asset or a lot of the young assets that we've built and kind of push all in on, unless it's like a certain kind of superstar. I, I like the, you know, the team that we have where it's kind of everyone is participating and everyone has to do their part. But I, I would definitely like to add another all-star piece. And I do think that's very, very possible now. But I love this team the way it is, man. I just, I just, these guys have earned my respect on every level in basketball. So this is something, and we're being joined by the actor Jerry Ferrara, most notably of Entourage and Power, gigantic Knicks fan, as you can probably tell from the octave in his voice. He joins us this morning on Keyshawn J. Wazoo <laughs> ESPN Radio. Bart mentioned this. Bart broached it. The Zion Williamson situation sooner rather than later. All the talk is going to begin. He played his first game as a pro at the Garden over the weekend. He had played there with Duke. Like Duke's unofficial home away from home <laughs> is New York, but it was his first time as a Pelican there at the world's most famous arena. For those of you watching this on ESPN News, you're going to see Zion smile a, a mile long smile, like all the way down Broadway type I'm smile. I'm going to lie. When talking about playing at the Garden, listen to this, Jerry, and then we'll get your reaction. New York is the mecca of basketball. I love playing here. Uh, when I played here in college, and this is my first time playing here in the pros, and I mean this this atmosphere. You know, whether they're cheering for you, whether they're booing for you, uh, it's amazing. Uh, honestly, I think outside of New Orleans, obviously. Uh, I think this might be my favorite place to play outside of New Orleans. I can't even lie to you. I can't lie to you. Good save there on the New Orleans, making sure the hometown <laughs> fans. But, I mean, like, put, put two and two together. Bart's connecting the dots here, Jerry. Biggest star in basketball, one of the biggest stars in the world, playing in New York on the biggest stage after failing on so many free agents. The time will come. Have you thought about the possibility of Zion wearing a Knicks uniform? I mean, I, I I was thinking about that also before the draft, you know. I mean, I, I remember even telling my wife our first son was, like, right around that time to be born. I'm like, if the Knicks get the number one pick, we're naming this kid Zion. Like, that's <laughs> happening. And she shut that down. Uh, and we didn't get the number one pick. I mean, I don't think it's likely, so I'm not even going to allow myself to go down that road because uh, I think that's a year. It's obviously years away. He's on the contract. So 
But I think the more important thing about that conversation and also the beginning of that interview was very important where he got asked about the garden. He says, I'm glad you asked that. It's the face, you know, I, I, you know, if you're watching, like you said on ESPN news, it's that smile that just can light up the whole skyline in New York that Zion has when he was asked about the Knicks. So more importantly than even Zion going there, I just think now that the, the sentiment is starting to change when you start hearing about the Knicks and stars going there and, you know, of course, every player loves playing in the garden. But what Zion was saying, that was just different. His face was telling me different things and more just like MSG is a cool place to play. His face was telling me different things. Let me ask you this, though, uh, Jerry. The fact that the Brooklyn Nets seem like that they grabbed the headlines over the Knicks, even though the Knicks are on an eight-game win streak, but the Nets are the big boys in town, that they'll win a championship most likely – before the Knicks, how did, how did, how would that make you feel as a Knicks fan? I mean, it definitely makes me a little mad because you know I, they did, they grabbed the headline and they were in position to land two stars and then make that trade and it's great. I mean, I still don't know how if you were either a Knicks fan or just like a casual New York basketball fan that you just swing to the Nets once they make all those moves. Like I got tons of respect for the Nets fans who were with them from Jersey coming over to Brooklyn. But uh, I don't know. Listen, it, it would definitely be frustrating. But I like the rivalry, yeah. man. And it's not a rivalry yet. The Nets are great when healthy. And we are trying to get to that point or closer to that point. So, uh, I mean, I would love nothing more, though, than to take a swing at them in the first round. That would, it, I think that would be electric. That's what I mean. It would be a daunting task, but bring it on. I want to see it. This is still a Knicks town, I tell you what. You know, you mentioned Knicks on the radio and the, and the lines light up. But, you know, Zion was all giddy, and that was only 2,000 fans in the building. Can you imagine the atmosphere when they host a game and they're the, and they're the, and they're the home team? And will, and will you be in the building? I, you know, we, we are. Yeah, I think so. I mean, we're about to have another baby. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I got to see what Nick I can name this kid after. But, um, you know, if uh, if everything's all good with mom and the baby and uh, she's cool with me dipping to a game for a night, you know, I'll be there. I mean, you're absolutely right to think that this entire run, too, is happening with the, the protocols, which as they should, obviously. But I wouldn't even want, want to know what Zion's answer would have been in an overtime game like that with. 20,000 in the building. I mean, it would have been the, the it's going to be incredible. Before we let you go, can you make the case for Tom Thibodeau, coach of the year? I mean, I can. It's tough because you really got to look at what Monty Williams has done. So I'm going to start off by negging the case for Tom Thibodeau. Monty Williams has done an incredible job. But that being said, this is a team that had zero expectations. This is a team that struck out completely according to everybody, in free agency, although I love some of the signings that they made. A second-round pick for D. Rose, that you, go, you give that to the front office, but Tom Thibodeau has every one of these guys playing hard. They're playing defense first, which is rare for any NBA team, let alone the Knicks at this point. And four or five games over 500 at this point in the year is a four seed. If they could hang on to a four seed, I mean – it makes the race a lot closer. And, again, this is, the Suns, everybody knew they were good coming out of the bubble last year when they won six straight. So uh, expectations don't ultimately make the final call, but I don't know, man. Give me tips. Hey, Amari, I do love Monty. Monty's fantastic. Hey, Amari's my guy, man, and I loved you on power. But um, is it any possibility that we can get a reboot of Entourage? 
<laughs> Listen, it, it's funny. People have been talking about that lately. I think a lot of people want the kind of half-hour escape comedy back a little bit to kind of sit down on a Sunday night with friends and family. But uh, I don't know. We're getting old, man. We're all yeah, getting we, old. And we, want to, we want to see the growth. We want to see the growth in the characters coming back when you can't recover from drinking all night anymore. <laughs> that would be fun. We entourage in like uh, yeah, in a much different way where we're at four day hangovers. It's great to catch up with you. We'll wait to see if there's an entourage reboot, and we'll wait to see exactly how great this Knicks reboot will be this year. Skies appears to be the limit. You got maybe the coach of the year, Jerry making a good case for Monty and Tom, Julius Randle, and who will add him? The Knicks have always been looking for that big time free agent that they've swung and missed on. They keep this up, the fans come back like Bart says. And New York will be back to being a basketball town. Jerry, great to catch up. Thanks for joining us this morning. And congratulations on the impending birth of baby number two. Thanks, guys. Go Knicks. Good stuff. Maybe name the baby Emmanuel after quickly because quickly (laughs) exceeded expectations. He was on fire from behind the three-point line yesterday. They've done a great job. They've done a great, great job with the brand-new front office as well with Leon Rose, World Wide West, Tom Thibodeau. A lot of people question that. Wasn't a lot of experience in that front office, but – they have gotten the last laugh. Julius Randle had 40 points in that <laughs> OT <crazy>. win. <laughs> the overnight delivery brought like, to yeah, you yeah, <laughs> by USPS. Business okay, is cheap. changing, and USPS is changing with it. Find out how at USPS.com slash new routes. The mm-hmm. United States Postal Service priority you. On the way, Julius Randle is dominating for the Knicks, and the wins are following. But there's another New York athlete that is dominating, but the wins are not following. We'll unveil that guy to you next on Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin on ESPN Radio and ESPN News. Anthony Davis is returning to the court tonight, and the Lakers will be making moves to get back to the top of the West. Making Moves is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. Build your winning team today. Go to LinkedIn.com slash sports. More from Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin next. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome. So you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Final word there came from Michael Kay, who is the voice of the Yankees. And if you live in the New York tri-state area, he has been unloading on the Yankees. He is not at all in any way tried to hide their deficiencies. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. That's Bart Scott on the ones and twos. Key is here as well. 
We are joined right by now. Buster, Buster Oldie. What it is right now. On the Buster. good year. What up, Bus? Good morning, Buster. How <laughs> what it you? is, what it is. <laughs> oh, okay. okay. Oh, he, oh, he know. Oh, he know. He down. When I tell you, he down. Buster's down, man. He know what it is. See, there was a player with the Yankees back in the 1990s named Homer Bush. And I'd walk in. He goes, Buster Bus. Every time I'd walk into the clubhouse, it was the greatest. Well, we are down with Buster, and certainly the Yankees are down and out. Aaron Boone a few days ago saying it's like we've been punched in the mouth. Uh, after 15 games, Cashman held the press conference just to let everybody know that Aaron Boone is, is still fine, even though almost every team will probably lose 10 games in a 15-game span at some point during the season. But it's New York. It's different. It's the Yankees. The expectations are what they are. Buster, I know you used to cover this team. You just mentioned Homer Bush on a day-to-day basis. You were there for the glory years for Tory. Um, so you understand the scope of everything that's going on. Um, what is the biggest problem with this Yankee team right now? Well, and let's uh, you know set Aaron Boone's status to the side because the last time the Yankees fired a manager in season was 1990 with Bucky Dent, and only two franchises have gone longer since firing a manager in season. So he's not going to be fired. And, and part of what Brian uh, Cashman was doing the other day was to basically say, look, it's, it's all of our fault. But I do think that given how this team is put together and the amount of resources put into their lineup, it's the offense. I, I mean, they... You know, we knew going into spring training there might be some questions about the rotation. Uh, when Zach Britton went down and required surgery, the bullpen depth took a real hit. But all along, I think they could felt like they could count on the offense being good because you've got all these stars, D.J. LeMahieu and Giancarlo Stanton and Aaron Judge and Glaber Torres. And, guys, as of this morning, they are 28th out of 30 teams in runs scored. Um, and they – uh, you know, might be able to, to make additions a little bit here or there or do something, uh, you know, to improve other parts of the team. If they don't start scoring runs, forget it. It's a done deal. That's going to be the biggest concern. And there's no doubt they, they have not performed at all uh, close to what uh, anybody in the organization expected. Buster, uh, Jacob DeGrand got moved from start today to starting tomorrow, but the offense continues to, I don't know, be stagnant and kind of letting him down when he takes the mound. What could he really be if they get clicking? Well, I mean, he is the best pitcher on the planet already. Um, but he would get more he'd have more success in his starts uh, if they were to actually begin to hit. I, I have covered pitchers where it felt like that that situation followed them around, where the team uh, you know, that uh, that pitcher pitched for, whether it's a Pedro Martinez or Roy Halladay with the Toronto Blue Jays, uh, you know, they they would put up numbers one day, and then that guy would take the mound, and then the, and then the team would struggle offensively. And I do think there's something to it. I think that, you know, what happens is is that the players see how invested Degrom is. He's an incredible professional. He's uh, absolutely dominant, and, and I think they feel like that they're letting him down. And, and especially when it happens start after start after start, key. I think they start the game putting pressure on themselves, the hitters. Uh, and that that manifests. So they need a breakout at some point. But right now, the Jacob Degrom we're seeing, as good as he's been already in his career, is the best Jacob Degrom. You know, the highest fastball velocity that he's ever had in his career. He seems like he's learned to, to maximize this great pitching body that he's had, the long levers, the long arms, uh, and. You know, he's at the top of the mountain now when we're talking about pitching. Let's go out west, Buster. The Dodgers and the Padres. Well, the Padres want to start a rivalry starting tonight because it's really not one. But, <laughs> uh, we got a four-game stand at Chavez Ravine. What are you expecting to see starting tonight? 
Another great series. Look, that series in San Diego had so much emotion. You know, the first game of the series going to extra innings. Second game, Mookie Betts making that great catch, game-ending catch out in center field. The Padres coming back in, in the third game. Um, and I think you can make a really strong case that the Padres are the second-best team in baseball. But I also believe this. The Dodgers, by the end of this year, are going to be looked at as the greatest team in baseball history. You know, I covered the 98 Yankees, who I think at this point are, are that they hold that title. You know, they won 125 games, regular season, postseason combined. They had a run differential of plus 309. This Dodger team is better than that Yankee team, I believe, um, in part because the pitching is so dominant. You know, this is the challenge for the Padres or any other team in baseball. Think about what they're running up against in terms of starting pitching this weekend. Walker Bueller's tonight, mm. Clayton Kershaw tomorrow, mm. Trevor Bauer on Saturday, mm. and then Dustin May on Sunday. Dustin May, who's thrown 100 miles an hour and has some of the most dominant stuff, and they miss Julio Arias, oh. who <laughs> is, you know, finished up last year's World Series. Uh, that starting pitching is the reason why no one's going to sniff the Dodgers in the regular season. Let's go, Dodgers! Now, nah, 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 this is the crazy thing, right? I'm the New York guy, and I had so many follow-ups for the um, New York side, but you can see this smug, arrogant smile on Keyshawn's face right now because, you know, he has a squad that's loaded right now. But how close are the Dod- How close are the Padres to the Dodgers when they- you think about the-, the additions of you, Darvish, and you think about Blake Snell coming in with that pitching rotation, with the-, the firepower they have, what I believe is the you know most exciting young player in the game right now in Tatis Jr. Yeah, it's crazy because uh, you know the-, the the record for regular season wins is of course 2001. The Seattle Mariners won 116. I think the Dodgers are going to break that. Um, and so what you could have is the Padres, again, to me, right now, the second-best team in baseball, they may finish double digits out of first place in the National League West. That's how much the Dodgers have separated themselves. And think about what's gone on early in this season with the Dodgers off to this incredible start. Uh, Cody Bellinger was down. He was on the injured list. Mookie Betts was down, and he got hit by a pitch the other day. Uh, but because they have so much depth, guys like Justin Turner stepping up, having a great start, and they have that incredible pitching, they just plow through. And they're beating teams by an average of about two and a half runs per game. It is on a lot of days. It feels like uh, you know USC football back in the day playing against uh, Appalachian State. Mm. Got to say. Buster, let me ask you this, though. You know, over time, I don't know, last seven years, let's call it, that we've been peaking, right? The Dodgers have been close, close, close. We finally got it last year. Is that because we hit too early? Um, I think it was a combination of things. First off, uh, you know, from a practical standpoint, it was amazing how often they would get taken down in the postseason because uh, of depth issues in their bullpen. How many times did we see in October, you know, 2016, 17, 18, where in the sixth, seventh inning, that's where the problem point was? Well, guess what? They plugged that gap. And here's the other thing, and I, I think you saw it the moment that they won the World Series last year. What was the look on Clayton Kershaw's face? Was it this crazy excitement? No, it was relief. It was an exhale because, like, woof, we finally did that. Well, guess what? That uh, load on their shoulders is gone. And now I think their postseason experience, as I saw with those Yankees teams in the late 90s, that's become a weapon. Like, they, every team they go up against now, and I, I think you hear this when they, when they talk with great respect about the Padres, but there is that feeling of, you know what, guys? That's great. You've got a lot of good players. Let's let's see if you can carry it all the way through. This Dodger team now, all these guys have 
you know, dozens of at-bats in the postseason, and that becomes, uh, I think, as we get into big moments like this four-game series this weekend, as they go into October again, that becomes a real weapon. Mm. There's no question about it. The series capper on ESPN Sunday Night Baseball, so the country will get an up-close and personal look at what Buster believes are probably the two best teams in baseball. And Buster, of course, will be there as part of the broadcast crew. Big, big series starting tonight out west. Buster, thank you very much. Thanks, guys. All right. I know it's not time to play over-under. I just want to mention Jacob deGrom's ERA, 0.45. Best pitcher in just, baseball. Just think about that. How about 0. that, Key? Not Kershaw, not five. none of your boys, May. <laughs> it's Jacob deGrom. Indeed. Speaking of the best, from the best pitcher to the best draft analyst, Mel Kuyper Jr. is next. And it's an opportunity for you to ask Mel anything you want. Hit us up right now. 888-ESPN, 888-729-3776. What should your favorite team do? Should they draft Mac Jones? How far will he go? Whatever you want for Mel, all draft-related, one week to the day from the draft. Mel is next. 888-ESPN, 888-729-3776. We invite you to join the conversation. All that and more after Key has this from Indeed. Let's go, Dodgers. Regular job sites can take days to find the right candidate with Indeed. It can take seconds thanks to Indeed Instant Match. It searches millions of resumes in Indeed's database and instantly finds you up to 20 people whose resumes match your job criteria. Want to narrow the list even further? Add an Indeed skills test to see a candidate's skills that go beyond their resume. Maybe that's why Indeed delivers four times more hires than all the other job sites combined. According to Talent Nest, visit Indeed.com slash credit. Hey, it's Greeny, and we will be one week from the draft when we get together on Thursday. And one of my draft partners, Booger McFarland, will break down all the picks with me. Don't miss it. It's Greeny, starting 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio and ESPN+. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. I'm changing or not. 
So that's the question key. We're going to get to Mel Kuyper Jr. here in just one second. Marcus Spears says at three, you got to get a program changer. I mean, Marcus knows the SEC like nobody else. He's always covering it down there. But you're right. Hard to tell whether he thinks Mac is that guy yeah, or I not. Did, I, don't, I didn't quite. I mean, I would have to ask Marcus what he meant by that because we didn't finish. You know, he said three was always designed, he thought, for program changes. So I'm like, does that mean that he's Mac is a program changer? No, I see. Or does that mean he's not a program changer? Because Alabama, he certainly didn't change that program. No. I speak he, a little swaggle. He's basically saying, yo, he's not a franchise quarterback. He's not a program oh, okay. changer. Oh, I, I didn't. Yeah, yeah. I speak, I speak a little swaggle. Okay. Yeah, I think, I think that's my interpretation. He's saying, listen, if you're going up to get Mac damn Jones and you wasted your time to go up to get him because he's not a franchise type of quarterback. He's not okay. a program changer. He's okay. not going to come to your program, and if your program's struggling, he's not going to change. Now, he may be able to hold on to the steering wheel without crashing the car, <laughs> but he ain't no guy that's going to elevate. He's not a force multiplier, as Taliban would say, right? And that's not what he is. I don't think he is. I don't think he has a very high ceiling. The thing is, he has a very high floor. So let's see what Mel Kuyper Jr. thinks about that statement. Mac Jones is getting a lot of run. Mel joins us on the Goodyear Hotline. Your call's in a second. But, Mac, uh, first question out of the gate, Mel, is about Mac, and that is, is he a program changer at three? You know, I compared him to a young Tom Brady coming out of Michigan, and Brady wasn't considered that either. That's why it was a late sixth-round pick, and now you're talking about the third pick overall. So I get what the guys are saying. It, hey, Brady was all, at the end of the sixth round. They took a cornerback from Virginia in the sixth round ahead of him. You know, quarterbacks from Southwest Texas State and Hofstra went ahead of Tom Brady for that reason. Nobody thought Tom Brady was any big deal. Mac Jones is now all the way up at three because of people seeing a little Brady in Mac Jones. But I think Justin Fields is my second-highest-rated quarterback. So I would always go Justin Fields after Trevor. Lawrence went number one, but the league doesn't agree with me because they're seeing Trey Lance and you're seeing Mac Jones and obviously Zach Wilson locked into the New York Jets. So uh, I'm out here with Justin Fields. Nobody's agreeing with me. Somebody's going to get a steal. I think people forgot 2019, acting like it was maybe uh, you know, 20, you know, 01, 2001. What are we talking about here? 1982? Uh, we're talking about 2019. We're not talking about 15, 20, 50 years ago. So for me, Justin Fields, I don't get it. I'm sitting here you know, wondering what did he need to do that he didn't do. In a COVID year, he had two subpar games. He bounced back and outplayed Trevor Lawrence. He's got all the physical skills you want and the passion for the game. I don't understand it, but, hey, somebody's going to benefit. And I don't know who it is right now, but somebody's going to move up and get Justin Fields at a bargain point. I'm the one somebody, male that does agree with you, with him as the number two quarterback. So, you can be happy now. Indeed. Shout out to Carmazzi and all the goat Finally, Key, somebody agreed. <laughs> Yes, shout out. All right, here we go. Let's get right to the callers again. Mel's going to be with us for the rest of this segment. We're going to have the KJZ mock draft. He'll weigh in on that. And then after we're done, he'll take more of your calls. If we don't get to you, hang on if you can. Let's just try to rifle through them. It's great. Andy in Cincinnati, you're on ESPN Radio. Andy, what do you have? Ask Mel anything. Uh, Yeah, uh, thank you very much. Um, I was wondering with the number of holes that the Bengals have, should they be looking to trade down? I would say, Andy, no, because uh, I think too good, good a player staring you in the face. Normally, I would agree with that, but the Bengals are in a position where that left tackle or guard, you say left tackle, Penny Sewell, would be a guard right away, or Jamar Chase or a Kyle Pitts, but I would take the offensive tackle and then get the receiver, maybe a De'Ami Brown, North Carolina, in round two. Take advantage of the depth at wide receiver, get one a little later, but help Joe Burrow. Get a protector. You get a guy like Penny Sewell. Who did he protect? He protected Justin Herbert, okay, at Oregon. Didn't play 
last year, but had two really good seasons, one interrupted by an injury. But he's a left tackle, and he could be the heir apparent. Remember, Whitworth has been there for a long time, then he moved on. That offensive line's got to get fixed in Cincinnati for Joe Burrow coming off an injury, not to have another injury. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Sean is in Texas. Ask Mel anything. Uh, how y'all doing, fellas? I was calling because I'm a big-time Ravens fan. And um, do you think there would be a draft day trade for Orlando Brown? And at 27, who do you think we choose? Because we normally don't stay if our guy is not there. But if we do stay at 27, who do you think we'll choose? Great question. Orlando Brown could be if they get the right offer. Uh, he wants to be the left tackle. They have Ronnie Stanley coming back. They need either a center or a guard. They need a pass rusher and a wide receiver. I've had Terrace Marshall Jr. from LSU there. Rashad Bateman, Minnesota, would certainly be in the mix. Uh, Jason Owe, pass rusher out of Penn State, who didn't have a sack, but has a ton of talent. And if he's utilized properly, could be a guy in the late first round as attractive. So uh, one of those positions, don't know who it is. Maybe not Landon Dickerson because of the injury. Maybe somebody watches, looks for him, the uh, center guard from Alabama in round two. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Lee in North Carolina. Ask draft expert Mel Kuyper Jr., 43 years in the biz, anything. How you doing? I'm a huge Pats fan, and Belichick never, ever trades up. Would he go after anybody up there like a Justin Fields if he had the opportunity? And who do they get if they're not going after a quarterback? Well, then I think you're looking at a Micah Parsons, linebacker, Penn State, a J.C. Horn, cornerback as well, or a receiver. If a receiver there that, that falls, they say a, a Devontae Smith or a Jalen Waddle drop down. If I don't think it'll happen, but if it did, you'd have to take him. I understand about not trading up. When you got Tom Brady, you'd have to do a lot. Tom Brady was saving you from mistakes. He was winning no matter what happened, okay? Now Tom Brady's not there. He won a Super Bowl in Tampa Bay, and you didn't get there. So bottom line is, I don't care what happened over the last 20 years. That was Brady's time. This isn't Brady's time. Now you've got to make a move and get a quarterback. And if it is Justin Fields or Trey Lance, you've got to be aggressive. A quarterback is not falling in your lap at 15. Mel and Todd's alternating mock draft up now on ESPN+. Terry in West Palm Beach, Florida. Ask Mel anything. Morning, guys. Hey. Hey, Mel. Just wondering about the Steelers. Do they have the capital to move up, maybe to get a Justin Fields? And I know they're in running back need, so at 24, would they be taking Najee Harris? You know, he's in the mix, and I'm not one that says take a running back in the first round. Look at last year's running backs. They were better I'm talking about J.K. Dobbins, Jonathan Taylor, and DeAndre Swift, and this group of running backs. So why are you taking one in the first? But if you're Pittsburgh, you need one. Can you get a good one in the second? Yeah, uh, Michael Carter is a really good football player. Where's Javante Williams from North Carolina? Carter's teammate go. Probably second round. In terms of the quarterback, if a quarterback drops into that 10, 11, 12 range, guys, then Washington, Chicago, even Pittsburgh could move up to get one. We don't know how Pittsburgh feels about Dwayne Haskins. Keep in mind, not long ago, everybody was talking about him as a guy could be a successful starting quarterback. Didn't work in Washington. Now you have him in Pittsburgh. If they feel Haskins could be that young quarterback, they pass on a quarterback, they get the offensive lineman. Keep in mind, Tevin Jenkins, Oklahoma State, is a really good football player, a bookend right tackle. Quan in New York, squeeze it in. What do you got for Mel? Yes, how are you doing? Um, I had a quick question. If if uh, Kyle Pitts, how far does Kyle Pitts have to fall in the draft before Jerry Jones takes a chance on him? Jerry Jones isn't getting Kyle Pitts. They got a defense. They can't stop anybody. Okay, so they got to get defense. They don't need another piece on offense. Kyle Pitts is either going to go four, five, or six. He's the second best player in this draft. 
Mel's not going anywhere. He's going to hang tight for the KJZ mock draft. Picks 9, 10, 11, and 12 are on the way. That would be the Broncos, the Cowboys, who the caller just invoked, the Giants, and the Eagles. When we're done with that, more of your questions from Mel. Line them up, 888-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Back with the mock draft and Mel next.